0: Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to call in the spirits to join us here today to hold us in a good way. So I call out to the ancestors, to my own and to all of those who are listening, I call out to our ancestors who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral line to us today. May they gather around us, help us to open our ears and to to speak well and to hear deeply, and to um, understand what we're trying to communicate with our hearts. I call out to those who have gone before us that they might lead us forward in a good way. And I call out to the energy of the earth, the most ancient ancestor, to be with us here today to give us a firm foundation under our feet and help us to know that we belong here, that we are a community, and each one of us belongs. Each one of us has a gift to bring to humanity, and that we can stand here beside each other to assist each other in bringing that gift. So we call out to the earth to help us to feel connected and grounded and to know that we are one in this community on the face of this planet. We call out to the energy above, to the sky, to the highest power of the universe, by whatever name you call that energy, let's call it down into our circle here today and invite in blessing, invite in grace, invite in generosity and benevolence and ultimately protection that we might be held well. Um, and be together here in a good way so that our hearts can be open and our minds can be clear and our bodies can feel safe as we talk today about celebration. And with this wonderful topic today, we call in the energy of the heart. The heart is a part within all of us that does know how to celebrate uh, without ever learning. So we call out to the energy of the heart, the heart that knows how to blend the passions that come from the body, from the life, from the being with the clarity of the mind that could be at times cold and austere and to bring the clarity and the fire together in the heart that we may know why we are here in this life and that we may do that. May this show here today help each one of you take one step along that path for you on this day. So thank you all for joining us here today. We thank the spirits. Our topic here today is critical acts of celebration. So, my task in talking with you here today is to help you to see, if I can, the value of celebration. So, I'd like to start by sharing with you um, the story of how I first came to understand the value of celebration myself, because I didn't really understand its deeper purpose in the greater mythic and archetypal movement of things in our life, which is, of course, the patterns that we're really looking at when we're. Moving in our life in a way that is spiritual and shamanic as we're moving out of the personal dramas of things and beginning to see the patterns in our life and the greater patterns that flow because they are already present in our universe so many years ago actually I was teaching um, a class an ongoing series of class with a wonderful group of people in the Midwest and they asked after a couple years of learning to journey and developing their skills and working together as a community, um, they asked for a class to learn to create ritual for themselves, which was wonderful. So we had a great day planned um, where the whole purpose of the class in the day was to um, use our relationship with spirit to create a ritual. The community even chose, selected what the purpose of the ritual would be. And honestly, at the moment, I can't remember what it was, but I do believe it had something to do with helping their community move to the next level of um, connection and open-heartedness. That's how I would say it today. I'm not sure that was exactly the words back then. But anyway, it had to do with the community itself recognizing that they collectively wanted to take a deeper step with each other, and they were having a hard time understanding how to do that. So they were through the ritual, they were inviting spirit in to do that through the ritual. So one of the things on, one of the, the descriptions on the flyer that they got as they were getting prepared to come to this was to bring food for potluck after. And almost to the person, every single one of them neglected to do that because almost every single one of them pretty much heard that information and said, great another potluck it's the midwest after all right yet another potluck (laughs) so they were all just individually had just decided well i don't think i'll stay for the potluck so i'm not bringing anything and and so i think we showed up with you know one bean salad and maybe some ice cream you know which doesn't really make a feast um but i thought it was very interesting that everyone had kind of individually decided to ignore that part of the instructions for the day So we go into the class, we do the journeys, everybody has this wonderful experience of recognizing that they're all asking spirit the same question. Essentially, what is the ritual using the element of the fire that allows us to make this transformation that we're asking for in our community? It was basically what they were all asking. And there were, I don't know, 24 people in this circle. Every single person got an important, critical aspect of that ritual. Nobody got the whole thing. But everybody got a piece, so we built the ritual out of the pieces that people gained. And some people had pieces that had to be worked together, and it was really a really wonderful experience. We had um, we all packed up in the car, we were getting ready to pack up in the cars and go off to the land that one of the people in the group had, where there was a lovely fire circle already created and a little creek running through. So we were going off into nature outside of town to do the ritual. We just asked spirit to help us create. And, but we had this, this little challenge before we left because I said to everybody now, you're going to need to get your stuff for the potluck on the way back. And everybody's like, no, it's a long day. We're tired. We just want to do this ritual and enjoy that energy and go home with that. All these excuses, all these reasons, they all sounded good about why they wouldn't, didn't want to have the celebration. And I said, well, okay, while well, you guys are getting organized to go. Let me just journey and find out why it is that I've been instructed to, guide you to have this celebration. So I journeyed to ask, you know, why do these people need to do this? They, don't, they really don't want to. There's no real feeling here in the heart for doing this. And Spirit said, well, that's the point. Isn't that the point of this ritual they're asking for? Is their hearts? They said, well, yeah. And I said, well, show me. Show me in a way I can describe to them why this potluck after this deep and wonderful ritual out in nature, why is there a value in A potluck, basically. And they said, it's not a potluck. It's a celebration. It is this community coming together to honor their collective efforts, to celebrate it with an open heart, to have fun, to toast each other, to bring joy, laughter to have a party, basically, to have a celebration, to honor what it is that they've done today, which is a culmination of actually over a year of working together. It's not easy to get to a journey circle once a month over time. People fall away, and this group has done a good job. So there are lots that need to be celebrated, which Spirit was showing me. And they also showed me how the ritual itself would create an energy here in our human realm. That, the community would then, that would then assist the community in making the changes that it wanted. And by celebrating, it would create a, um, uh, the same energy in the spirit world. It looked first like a, just a mere reflection, but the spirit said, no, it's not a reflection, it's a duplicate. It duplicates all that energy you've done all this work today to create as people. In an instant through the celebration, you duplicate that energy in the spirit world where everything created in the spirit world has much more impact here in the physical. So our efforts were then amplified exponentially by just being willing to have a party. And at that point, I realized that the spiritual significance, the value in celebration to communicate things to the spirit world and to bring completion, there is a reason shamanic rituals all over the planet End in a feast. And we tend, as we look at these shamanic cultures, to blow that part off. Well, of course, it ends in the feast. They're all hungry. We don't ask the questions to understand why the celebration is critically important. And the main thing is if you're thinking about energy, which we should all be thinking about because we're all depleted these days, why would you not do something that is fun and joyful that is now going to amplify something you spent all day doing? A hundredfold. I mean, it's easy and fun and makes things better. Why would you not do that? So I came back to these people, told them that, and they said, okay, 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 we'll stop by the grocery stores and we'll get our stuff. So somewhat begrudgingly, (coughs) after this wonderful ritual, we're we're out in nature for quite a long time, actually, because they had to prepare and they made their objects for the fire. We had a wonderful fire ritual. There was a piece at the end with the river going by. It was really quite lovely. The sun is setting. Um, It was quite beautiful. And there was, in a sense, a a sense of completion because there was a completion of the task of the day, the completion of the ritual. There was a sense of completion. And everybody kind of looked at me like, do we really have to go to the grocery store now? Now, granted, had they brought the food in the first place, we wouldn't have had to go to the grocery store. Nonetheless, I said yes. So everybody went to the grocery store on the way home. We descended back on the presenters' home, stirred up a feast, and I started hearing it in the chaos of the preparation. In the chaos of the preparation of the feast, I heard the laughter begin, the playing with each other, the the jokes, the silliness, the hysterical fits of laughter. Um, and, And eventually the food got on the table, but everyone was tired and everyone was silly, but it became this riot of a good time. And then everybody went home, completely exhausted, completely, utterly, and thoroughly exhausted. And then the emails started rolling in over the next week of the dreams those people had had that night. To the person, almost every single person dreamt of being at a huge banquet, a huge feast, a huge celebration with their ancestors or with their helping spirits. Or with beings so high in vibration, they'd never even met them before. And these beings were toasting them and celebrating them, this little human, for their accomplishments, for things they'd done. These people were weeping as they were typing about what they gained in that party that went on in the spirit world. Because they'd been willing to slog back from the ritual and have a party with a bunch of people. And that whole story was the story that taught me ceremony uh, celebration matters that it does much more than we understand it to do these days in the same way that ceremony does much more than we as Americans understand it to do as does ritual that that these elements of a shamanic life do much much more than the role they've been diminished into in our contemporary lives. And in particular, with celebration, it's been co-opted by businesses and advertising. And so what I want to talk about today is how critical these acts of celebration are. And I've shared with you the one story that taught that to me, is that celebration communicates something to the spirit world We cannot communicate as effectively in any other way. Joy matters. Laughter matters. The willingness to toast the beauty of another human being out loud and public matters. These things matter. They are part of our human history all over the globe. And yet, in our contemporary life, in America at least, we've gotten pretty stuffy about our celebrations. And so... As we are moving, actually, towards the first break, we'll talk about how, yes, it's possible to celebrate in excess. But what I really hope you can come away from this show today with is is the value of celebration in your life and to think about it differently and to start to ask yourself, what can I celebrate today and how can I do that? And to take celebration back and own it for yourself and understand it in its sacred role as communication with the other world. And that it, it, it matters both solo, me celebrating things in my life, me being willing to toast myself if there's nobody around to do it for me, to do it with me, and celebrations with community. And and for us to understand what is a celebration And what is habit? What is an old, dead form that no longer brings joy, no longer actually allows us to access um, the spirit world through that connection because everybody so hates the actual thing that we're doing? So in other words, I'm encouraging you to truly celebrate and to be willing to say, no, this is not a celebration. This is an old, dead habit. If I'm going to come for Thanksgiving dinner, I want us to celebrate. I want us to think about what do we give thanks for this year sincerely or whatever. But anyway, this is our task for today is to reclaim celebration in its true spirit form and understand how it can serve us in our life to, to amplify the effects of our efforts, of our of our human efforts, which sometimes seem small, to amplify them in the spirit world, that the energy begins to flow there to make whatever it is that we are asking for happen in our life. So, everyone, thank you for listening today. We're going into a break now, and um, in the in during the break, please feel free to send an email to someone that you love that you'd like to celebrate with and invite them to listen to the show. And I hope that you all have already figured out and are reminding those that you're inviting to the show that all the shows are available download on the Voice America site or through iTunes. They're free, and um, listen to many and share them freely with your friends. Thank you all. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Why Shamanism Now, and this is your host, Christina Pratt. And today we are talking about critical acts of celebration. So what we are discussing today is why celebration matters. To to reclaim it from hallmark and habit and all the things of a contemporary American life that make celebration kind of boring, and bring it back into um, its role in our spiritual life as a mainline communication, it's one of the easiest, most fun communications with the spirit world. So, what I'd like to talk about now, though, is there is a there's a trickiness here, though, because it is it is quite capable, as I'm sure all of you know, to celebrate in excess, to to do things to an excess where they no longer accomplish their spiritual task any longer, um, and so especially when we're talking about communicating with spirit and altered states and, and various things like that, it's certainly easy to move into America's great uh, gift to the universe, which is addiction. So let's talk about um, one can be, become addicted to the discipline, the austerity of their spiritual practice, And then we can also swing the other way. So let's talk a little bit in this section about balance. So many years ago, my assistant and I, um, it's much more than an assistant, but the person that's really helped me to bring the cycle of transformation teachings into their full form um, as they are today. So many years ago, we were really engaged for 10 years This is a long time of of getting those workshops together, getting the teachings clear, finding the ways to teach them accurately with people, et cetera, et cetera. And we've been working at this, as I said, for 10 years. Um, I was, at that time, writing the encyclopedia, which took enormous discipline on my part. He was in grad school, and as you all know, grad school takes discipline. Any kind of school takes discipline. So our personal practices had become very rigorous and very austere. Our lives were very disciplined. We had schedules. It had to happen daily or all the stuff was not going to get done. So he's on a school break um, off in Copenhagen and I'm in the Pacific Northwest, and he calls me from a bar in Copenhagen, and he says exactly what I'd come to realize that day. We both came to this realization on exactly the same day. He was enjoying the way that, Adults socialize in Europe, which is missing here in America. The ability to go out, have a few drinks, share some food, gather with friends in an, in an open public environment that doesn't have music so loud you can't talk to each other, is not necessarily a pickup scene. I mean, it can be if you wanted to, but the point is you can socialize publicly um, and freely. So he was enjoying this, and in this he recognized that he wasn't celebrating his life. And I just laughed as he told me this. And I said, yeah, what is the point of all of our spiritual work if it isn't the celebration of life? And we sort of laughed hysterically on the phone at that moment when we just just looked at ourselves and how silly we had become in this excess of the austerity of the discipline of our practices, of our spiritual practices. (laughs) And in that moment we realized that we were really missing the basic point of our practice which is the celebration of life. Why would we bother to do all of this work we were doing, shamanic, personal, transformational, all these efforts, if it wasn't to celebrate life? And so what is a shamanic view of life if it's not about the interconnectedness of all life and the celebration of the sacredness and the beauty in that energetic reality? And so to strip one's life so bare through the austerity of one's spiritual practice is in some ways, to miss the point. At least it was for us. I mean, it's one thing to choose the hermit time or the hermit path. You can. Some people do it for months, sometimes for years, sometimes for a lifetime. That is a spiritual choice, and that's another thing. But as long as you're choosing to live here with people, you need to be careful about the austerity of your spiritual practice That so you don't stop celebrating life because you're so busy doing your spiritual practice and thus missing the point of any spiritual practice. So, now, this is the tricky thing, though, right? Because discipline is absolutely critical if you're going to cultivate any self-awareness, which is critical for any spiritual practice. Discipline is a huge stumbling block for people who don't have it. When they want to manifest something new in their life or transform, um, the inability to bring some discipline to one's mind, to one's process, to one's... um, day, can, can, is constantly the Achilles' heel for contemporary people. So I'm not saying you don't need your discipline, and I am not saying you don't need your daily practice. However, in your spiritual practice, there must be an appreciation for life or in a celebration of life. If not, we lose that which links us to the life force in all things. If I'm not celebrating my own life force, if I'm not acknowledging that, it's nearly impossible for me to acknowledge it in other things. If I am stingy and greedy with myself, I will be, at the heart, stingy and greedy with others. So when we truly acknowledge the sacredness of life within ourselves, then we can acknowledge it within others. Then we could reach out and acknowledge it in other living things. And eventually we can reach out and acknowledge that in all things. And when we see this great web of life, We see the great web of mirrors and reflections and how every day brings us the gifts that we need. When we see all of this working in its great interconnectivity, it is nothing short of a miracle, and that is worthy of celebration. So how do you find balance? Because one can certainly celebrate excessively, even under the best of conditions. I am not just referring to, you know, being an addict. Well, that is certainly excessive, um, one might say that even in even in ritual conditions, I have actually seen people celebrate to excess and thus sort of miss the point. Um, for me, the clearest example of this is I was leading a very large ritual with a huge group of people, almost three hundred people, um, who were holistic doctors. The purpose of the ritual was to identify the illness in the allopathic medical system, and to create the medicine for it. Um, some, you know, uh, grandiose goal perhaps, but it was an awful lot of fun. And since we were using dance and we had 300 people, it wasn't really that hard to do. <clears throat> so what there was, um, I can't actually, the, the illness in medicine was um, clarified to have three elements to it. And so we needed to create three medicines for those three elements and bring them together. Unfortunately, at the moment, I cannot remember what the illness was that was identified, but the medicine for it um, that came out of the ritual was an enthusiasm for the relationship between the, the doctor and the patient or the enthusiasm for the experience of the healing practice. I guess would be the way to say it. So, in, a, in essence, the medicine was enthusiasm. So the people whose job it was to dance the energy of enthusiasm into the vessel of water, which was going to convey the enthusiasm to the big medicine when we mixed all three energies together, they were so enthusiastic that by the time they got the water to the big bowl, there was no water left in their cup. And it is such a perfect example of excessive celebration, excessive expression, excess young, true young energy, which our culture is somewhat guilty of, is not knowing when to go home from the party. Stay in until the lights come on and you see everybody's makeup smeared and the beer spilled on the floor and it's not so pretty anymore. That, that we... We go into excess in exhilaration, in um, enthusiasm, in expression. We go past the point where we need to bring that energy back in to begin the next thing. So with these doctors, uh, it was a beautiful ritual. Don't get me wrong. It was a beautiful ritual, but the ultimate medicine that was created was lacking in that third element, which is the enthusiasm, because they enthusiastic to their medicine right into oblivion. And so we do need to think about that in terms of celebration. You can celebrate into oblivion and that's not going to help. So we do need to find balance. um, And we need to cultivate the ability to hold the dynamic between discipline and imagination. To hold the dynamic between the discipline of the day and the spontaneous chaotic creativity of the day. We need to hold the discipline between the work and the play we need to hold the discipline between the efforts here in the physical realm and doing what's necessary in the physical realm to create what we need in the spiritual realm because what gets created in the spiritual realm moves things here in the physical realm from a shamanic perspective and that is what we're accessing when we're using shamanic skills or approaching life from a shamanic perspective, is understanding if we move things in the spirit realm, we can create things here in the physical realm. And so the celebration, though it's here in the physical realm, moves things in the spirit realm. It creates something there that then sustains or inspires or actually allows an energy here to manifest. So let's take something really, really simple, like grace. Now, for me, grace always seemed a little sideways at dinner. It it always had connotations that never made any sense to me. So I was never really big on grace. But <clears throat> as I've been looking at celebration in my life, I've come to realize that every meal is holy. Every The fact that I have food to eat is an amazing miracle in every day, because I'm sure not growing it. You know, the fact that I I have food and that I mostly have pretty much any food I want to eat is a miracle. And then I need to sit my butt down in that chair and to celebrate that fact that plants, animals, you know, nuts, all these different things have died. So that I could consume them in a wonderfully pleasurable way and do what I've come here to do in my life. It's very important for us to understand as the living that we have a relationship with the dead and that's a big part of shamanism and of course in shamanism there's not a big distinction made between the human realm and everybody else that it's all one it's all interconnected so i have as much responsibility to the dead in terms of the dead humans that i'm connected to as i do to the dead plants and animals that grace my table and so so for me, I came to understand grace, at least for myself, as a moment to celebrate um, the the bounty and the beings, the lives that are ended so that I could go on. And I always actually have, if I do it really well, and I don't do it really well every time, but if I do it really well, I have a little um, Saving Private Ryan moment. Do you remember in the end of that movie, and if you don't remember, watch the whole dang thing over again, because it's amazing, the end of the movie where he, he's gone through this whole story again, the old man, the old Ryan as an old man, has gone through this whole thing to ask himself, did I make it worth it? Because in the end, you know, the Tom Hanks character, I think it's Tom Hanks' character, says to him, you know, all these guys have died to get you out of this war. Go home and live your life and make it worthy of the lives lost to save yours. For me, that's the Private Ryan moment. Make my life worthy of the lives lost to save mine. And every meal, there's a Private Ryan moment. Every meal, there are plants and animals, there are beings who have wisdom, who have lives, who have destinies that are ended so that I can live my life. And I ask in that little celebration of their lives, that I might live and make it worthy of their lives. So for me, that's, that's what grace has become, is a celebration of the lives that are given that I might live. And it inspires me to do something reasonably good with my day, do something useful with my life that it makes it worth all that I am consuming, all the beauty, all the lives, all the destinies that I am consuming to live mine. So... This, to me, is a, is a very simple act of celebration that, that is there for us in every day. And I know that in this time of challenge for many of us, I mean, I'm watching restaurants and businesses close all over Portland as well, that in this time to celebrate the abundance on my table each day is a celebration of the life and the world that I want to live in. Regardless of what's going on around me, that that we are restructuring and reshaping and redreaming and reforming things, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it needs to happen. So I accept that I'm here at this time to do that. But what is important to me is that I stop whining and complaining, and I start celebrating, because then my life becomes more and more filled with celebration with abundance, with whatever it is that I'm celebrating. That's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm asking the spirit world to pay attention to, and that's what goes into my day. So as we go into this break, keep this in mind. Whining is anti-celebration. Whining about your life, about your day, about whatever, puts that story in the spirit world. That's what you're focusing on, and so that's what your life starts creating. Keep that in mind as we go into this break. And I hope you join us as we come back from this break and continue our conversation of critical acts of celebration. Thank you all. Welcome back everyone to why shamanism now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And today we are talking about critical acts of celebration. So what is celebration? You know, We don't have very good definitions of it. I think part of the reason we don't know how to do it is our culture doesn't even explain it very well. Um, But celebration is to observe an occasion with appropriate ceremony or festivities, a joyful occasion for special festivities to mark some happy event, a joyous diversion or public performance of a sacred or solemn ceremony with all appropriate ritual, um, as in the celebration of marriage or something of that sort. So this is fine, of course, but it doesn't really tell us really what the purpose of celebration is. And just just last week, I had this client, and this is a very rare kind of client to have. I don't have them very often, um, because she came and she sat down and I asked her, I have intake questions, and one of them is, are you ready for a change? And she looked at me and she said, no, my life's great right now. I just made the last change I've been trying to make for years, for decades. She said. I just let go of the last addictions in my life, which is, you know, coffee and sugar like the rest of us, right? And I feel fabulous. It's been three weeks. I'm clear. You know, and we went through our whole life. Everything's fabulous. And not just because everything's fabulous and I'm in denial of everything, but I've been working hard for decades. And my life is finally as I have imagined it could be. And it is great and I am ecstatic, and things are working well. And I just looked at her, and I said, what are you doing here? I said, there's nothing I can do for you right now because you don't have a need for anything to be changed. And she, she looked at me, and she said, but I drove an hour to get here. And I said, yeah, I know, I know. She said, so why don't we look at it this way? You drove an hour to get here so that I could validate that all this stuff you're saying about your life is true and that it's time for you to stop working for the moment and start celebrating. Let the rest of the year be a celebration of decades of personal work, decades of work on your business, decades of work on yourself. Celebrate all the things that have come to fruition at this time in your life and allow the person you have become that you have worked so hard to become to integrate so that this this person you've been for the last three weeks actually becomes your new normal. Because what I notice in my practice with with my clients who come to me for help and transformation is that many of them manifest the transformation they're asking for with a little bit of shamanic help. Many of them, especially those that have relationships with helping spirits. Many of them do manifest what they ask for. And then it slips away. Because the peace that isn't happening, they never quite take me seriously. The peace that isn't happening is that acknowledgement of the completion of a process. And everybody always says, well, that's because life is a journey. We're always learning. We're always this. We're always that. Yeah, okay, well, that's true. And within that journey, there are ups and downs. There are good days and there are bad days. And there are times of completion. Times that need to be celebrated so that we can let go of that and move on to the next thing. I think that people abuse that spiritual truth, that life, what's important in life is the journey. I agree, it's not the destination, it's the journey. But I think what people mistake for the journey is cycling through different versions of the same path over and over and over again because they don't honor the completion of a learning, the completion of a transformation, the completion of something. Honor it, celebrate it, integrate it. Let that become the new you. Then think about what's the next thing. And we're kind of a 75% culture. For people that are involved in transformation, that's the habit that I'm seeing right now is people go for it, about 75%. And then they move on to the next thing. They don't complete and celebrate and integrate and let there be a time of stillness before the next thing happens. So consequently... We, we miss one of the greatest powers of celebration, which is to mark completion. And without that, we tend to leak energy that is either our energy or we leak so much energy, as I've just described, that we have to end up doing the whole thing over again. And that's a big waste of energy. And like I said, this is not the time to be wasting your energy. This is what we're seeing manifest outside, for all of us, is our inner waste of energy, our inner debt, our inner insanity around energy, money, resources, you know, water, food, air, all these things are in this critical time of upheaval and craziness because we're not managing our inner energy very well. And so the beauty of celebration is a great way for you to complete something, to mark the completion of something, to be done, to end it. To let go, let there be a time of stillness, and move on to the next thing. So another aspect of celebration that is important is um, it rouses our heart, um, particularly a celebration that involves ritual. Um, it moves our heart to a new place, a really simple celebration, use of celebration we took the place of what needed to be happening culture. and there was a young girl who had just begun her, you know her first menses and her parents were really heartbroken that culturally there was just no way to honor that movement into womanhood for their daughter and there just wasn't a community to pull together to do it and it just and I said well let's do something simple then and what they ended up doing was inviting her formally to dinner and it was a fancy restaurant They both the parents both dressed up. The father brought her flowers. The mother brought her some other gift, and they really honored her as um, as a adult and and invited. This dinner was all about her, and they just made a celebration of this passage in her life. Another thing that ceremony does is it can be a time of creating comfort, um, a celebration that is repeated the same time and similarly each year, um, as long as it's not empty of heart, that celebration itself can create comfort that, you know, we come back together again every time at this year and reconnect with our shared values and our heart by having this celebration of whatever it is, depending on the family, depending on the people. Um, (coughs) Another thing that's really important to understand about celebration, and this moves certainly more into shamanic realms because we don't really do this much at all culturally, is celebration is used to mark big life transitions and at times um, naming. Even with, with uh, the life transition is so complete that you, you choose a new name or you are gifted with a new name and that there is a big celebration that is honoring the death again of the old life, the old person, and the birth of this new person. Um and in in many shamanic cultures life transitions could be huge because in in many indigenous cultures you had not only your biological self but you had a gender role in the community that was important to perform like hunting or gathering or making pottery or weaving baskets or whatever it was um And then you also had your choice of who you were, whatever your expression, whatever your spiritual expression of yourself was, sensually and sexually. And those three things, while we assume in a contemporary culture, if I'm born female, there's a certain orientation for my gender role in my life and my sexual orientation, that's not really a healthy assumption. And indigenous cultures didn't make that assumption, that those things could potentially shift throughout a life And the assumption was simply that those shifts and changes were guided by spirit. So someone might move in life from being a very quiet um, weaver. And the transition in life might happen where through the weaving, let's say they'd heard a lot of stories and witnessed a lot of stories of their community. And their transition from being a very silent weaver into being a storyteller. And they don't touch those baskets ever again. And their new, new job and their culture is storytelling. And that would be a huge transition. And so the question for you is, are you celebrating the transitions in your life? Are you even noticing? Have you transitioned so completely from who you were? Do you need a new name? And what about your children? What about the celebrations of their life? Are we taking the time to celebrate The acts of completion, the acts of um, transition, the acts of courage and heroics in our children that they accomplish every day. Okay, so your kid brings home a report card full of Cs. That's not great, probably. But what else are they doing? Maybe they're really, really good at making friends. Maybe they're really, really good at something else that needs to be celebrated. Maybe they're really, really good at things. our culture doesn't value that much, and you know the truth of the matter is our culture you know has a pretty limited sense of value, and it doesn't work out for a lot of us, so maybe your kid's on the right track so as you think about these things, as they stir around in your mind as we go to break, um, think about your life, think about your children's lives. Think about what is it in your life that needs a celebration and what could you do tonight to celebrate it. So thank you, everyone. We're moving into the next break here and um, please join us as we close up the show after this break. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about critical acts of celebration. One of the most important um, roles of celebration in the shamanic world is that it allows us to communicate with our ancestors and helps us develop a relationship with them. Um, And one of the things in the work... Um, with the ancestors in in, uh, my advanced courses as we've worked to heal the ancestral lines. There's a very interesting theme that's emerged that certainly wasn't expected, um, but there's a whole lot of interesting things that have emerged that weren't expected. But anyway, um, many of us have ancestors who were warriors who died in various and sundry ways in war that were not honored. And one of the aspects of the warrior archetype is that the story needs to be told. Whether it's grand or not, victorious or not, the warrior's story needs to be told. The song song needs to be sung, in other words, in the Bardic traditions. The story of the warrior needs to be told. It needs to be acknowledged. The warrior needs to be acknowledged for what he or she did for their community before they can go. And what's been so interesting about these warriors in our ancestral history who either were left on the battlefield, no one knew their story, no one came back for them after they died, no one even knew how they died, there's some strange accidents that have happened. All these things that really just basically amount to the warrior's song didn't get sung. And the healing that always surprises people is that we don't have to change our values around war or all of this drama around war because a person approaches this in trying to heal it for their ancestors and can't imagine what it is. But it really is as simple as singing the song of that warrior's life and their accomplishments. And many, many times people come out of these deep shamanic journeys with their ancestors saying, well, I just stood there and the helping spirit sang the song of this warrior's life and I just stood there and cried or I stood there and danced or I stood there and did whatever while the story was sung and, and the warrior bowed out and was gone. And, it, and it's amazing to people that every time it happens, but it happens all the time in this work. And that this is another piece about celebration that I think we need to understand. Every single one of us is a spiritual warrior. Whether we step up to that very well or not is our choice in our life. That is part of what being alive is about. But our warriorship, our rising to the challenges of our life, need to be sung. Our stories need to be sung. Our songs need to be sung. You need to sing your own songs if there's nobody around to sing them for you. Um, It's been very, very interesting in our work as we... As we saw this coming out of the warriors in our ancestral lines, we came to understand how important it was for us to be able to sing the songs of the spiritual warriorship we shared with each other. Because the work that I teach is nothing short of spiritual warriorship. It's enormously challenging for the heart, the mind, the body, um, and the spirit. And there's a lot of spiritual worship, or you're just not even going to be able to continue in the process. And those stories need to be sung. And that's one of the beautiful things Healing the Ancestors taught us, is that we needed to start singing each other's songs. And so we started ending every workshop, no matter what level the workshop was, with a celebratory meal, in which there were celebratory beverages of one kind or another, and that we asked people to toast each other for the things people have done that have you know usually unknown to the person who did it that it inspired someone else or that it it brought some sort of help or healing or it's amazing when we are working in sacred circle and living with each other with an awareness of spirit it is amazing how often for example i will do the obvious and that is profound for the person and i don't even know it because it just seemed obvious at the time and so so singing those songs toasting each other has become a huge part in, this, in the spiritual process of what we're, we're doing together because it completes things, it honors things, it acknowledges things so the person can integrate them and make that a part of their life so they don't have to go back and do it over again, but can begin to use it, move from it, and grow from it. So it's really very, very important because of our relationship with the spirit world to bring celebration back into your life. And what's interesting to me, whenever I talk about celebration, people say things like, oh, I don't do birthdays. You know, I don't like to do birthdays. And uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, oh, God, that's just Hallmark. And all of this stuff, and the truth is Mother's Day didn't start with Hallmark. You know, many of these holidays started with a profound act of courage on someone's part. Okay, so things have been co-opted, and advertising is shameless about stealing anything if it can make a buck for somebody. But that doesn't mean you need to let that happen in your life. What are you, a big baby? Right? Stand up and take back your right to celebrate yourself and your life and the people that you love. There is spiritual worship going on all around you in your life and the people around you. And these stories need to be sung. So let's take Mother's Day, for example. Right? Let's say your mom's dead. There are still things in your life you are mothering. Mother is an archetypal pattern. Everybody is mothering something in life. That big fancy-pants CEO in the boardroom with a gazillion dollars is gestating some idea. In that regard, he is mothering something. So on Mother's Day, there's lots of good mothering to be celebrated if you just wrap your brain around it differently. And let's say you're one of those people who feels like you got here today to listen to this show in spite of your mother. Let's say your mother's mothering was a train wreck. Okay, fine. Celebrate what you learned from that. What kind of mother are you because of that? What do you do differently because of that? So my point is there is no excuse not to celebrate. My point is you can reclaim the right to celebrate from our culture and that there is always something going on that requires courage. There is always something going on. That needs to be acknowledged, and this is particularly true if you are raising children. It is really challenging to be a child today. So what 's going on in their life? what 's going on in your life that needs to be celebrated? And how could you do that? it 's really very simple. It can, oh, it can be I mean, it can be huge and complex and wondrous, but it can also be very, very simple. You know, what if your kid has been struggling and they did accomplish something and you passed over it and didn't pay attention? What if you bring home their favorite meal tonight and enjoy it with them and go back and say, you know, I'm really sorry. I missed the fact that you did whatever, you know, last week. I'm sorry. That, you know, that was really great. And so we're having this meal tonight to celebrate the fact that you did that. Do that for yourself. Do that for your friends. Do that for your spouse. I encourage you today to think of one thing in your life, either your life or the lives of someone you love, that is worthy of celebration. And I'm sure once you start thinking, you're going to have to choose which of those things you want to celebrate tonight and do it. So thank you all for joining me here today. Next week, um, the topic of our show will be the beginning of a series actually called The Basics of Living Well. And we're going to begin talking about grounding, which is probably the most basic of the basics. And we'll go from there talking about the basics, mostly the energetic basics, of how we can each take the essence of shamanism and begin to apply it in our life to live well. So I thank you all for joining me here today. I hope that we'll hear from you next week. And I also want to thank the spirits for being with us, the ancestors for holding us well, the earth below for grounding us and giving us a wonderful home to share our lives together, the earth above for bringing us blessing and generosity and protection. May we take these energies with us as we go through the day and let our day be a celebration of the heart. And we give thanks to the heart, that which unites us all. So for those of you that want more information about Christina Pratt, and the healing that's available. It's available long distance as well. And Last Mass Center, the classes that we teach, and the Encyclopedia of Shamanism, you can find this all out at the website, lastmasscenter.org. Thank you all for being with us here today, and I hope you join us next week.